So for letter B, I'm going to do the burning bush, which is a double. I should get bonus points if there was any way to score this game. But we view Moses in the burning bush as this big important thing, and it is because Moses is a big deal. But it's also an 80-year-old man alone in the desert talking to a bush, and I think that's funny. And I want to look at what makes this story funny. And I didn't even plan it this way, but I noticed that this story is kind of the opposite of yesterday with Abraham. I told you Abraham worked on God's time, not his own. Moses is like a case study in getting that wrong. Because, a little bit of backstory before this, Moses grew up knowing that he was uniquely positioned among all Hebrews. He was like a special case. He was in a special position in Pharaoh's household. And he thought for sure he was the one to deliver the Israelites. But then he tried to do it his own way. He, he didn't wait for God to tell him what to do. And he failed miserably. And then he got driven out of the country and spent the next 40 years completely convinced that he has blown everything and there's no hope. And then this story happens. And so when Moses you know, goes over to see this bush that's not burning up, that, that's, a, that's a tidbit. He wasn't surprised that it was burning. He had seen fires before but he didn't understand why the bush wasn't burning up. And he goes to it and it starts talking to him, and that hadn't happened before either, I'm sure. And it tells him, you know, God says, I am God, the God of your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses believes him, understands this is God, he's hiding his face from him. And so God speaks and says, I'm sending you to deliver my people out of Egypt. And Moses' first response is, who am I? Seriously, Moses? You are Pharaoh's adopted grandson. You are the one who already was convinced early in your life that you were the perfect deliverer. Like, you know that you're the right person. But the funny thing is, God doesn't point out any of that stuff. What God says is, well, I'm coming with you. That's who you are. You're the one I'm going with. And it's just this fun thing that Paul hits on a number of times in the New Testament, that it's your credentials don't matter credentials that matter what qualifies you is God with you like this is all <laughs> it's everything like no matter the background the experience the education whatever it's the fact that God is with him is what qualifies him and so then Moses's next response is like well you're coming with me that's great who are you which I mean on the surface it's fair because Moses is here going Am I going to go tell Pharaoh that a bush is mad at him? Or maybe, are you not the bush? Maybe you're the fire, but you don't even seem to be able to burn up the bush. What's going on? And so here's a huge moment theologically. This is when God reveals himself and tells him his name. This I am that I am. And it's the becoming one. That God is whatever he needs to be, whatever you need him to be in that moment. That's why he's got so many names throughout scripture. That's the God who the God who heals, the God who sees, the God who provides, all these things. Um, it's all part of I am that I am. And in that, he says, I'm sending you to the people of Israel, and they're going to believe you, but when you go to Pharaoh, he won't believe you. Which is, just makes it funny. Moses' next question is, well, what if they don't believe me? And it's like, God's got to be here going, I just said they would. Okay, fine. And he gives them, you know, these signs that we call miracles to perform, but they're parlor tricks. He's like, 
Here, throw your stick on the ground, it's a snake, pick it up, it's a stick. Yeah. Stick your hand in your coat, bring it out, it's covered in leprosy, the most terrifying disease to them. Back in again and out, and it's clean. And so he can make dangerous animal come and go, dangerous disease come and go. And he's, you know, showing these as signs of his power. And then it's like, if they don't believe you, with those two, you can dump some water on the ground and it turns into blood. And I don't see, that doesn't fit the pattern, I don't quite understand that one. But he gives them these signs. And Moses is still trying so hard to not go. So he then moves with, well, I totally drew a blank. What is the next thing he says? Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious because the next thing he says is, I don't talk good. I don't, I can't do the words and the talking. And so then God seems to be getting frustrated. It doesn't say it, but it sounds like it because he's like, who do you think made your mouth? I know how it works. I know how your brain works. I know what you can and cannot do far better than you know it. And I'm sending you. And Moses essentially throws his hands up and says, well, send whoever you want then. Which is not at all what he means, because he means send anybody but me. And this is where it literally says God gets angry at him and says, no, I'm sending you. And you know what? Fine. Your brother, he can talk good. Send, take him with you. He'll do the talking, but you are going. I'm sending you. And this is just, it's this great story, because like I said at the beginning, Moses was so convinced that he had blown it that God could not use him, that he had messed everything up and his life was effectively over and he's just out in the desert basically waiting to die. But God comes to him and says, no, I'm not done with you. And if you hear, it's a Christian phrase that sometimes people say, if you're not dead, God's not done. And that's kind of the point of this story, that Moses thought he was done, but God's not done with him yet. And it's, by far the best is yet to come. 90% of the stories of Moses we know come after this. And so Moses thought everything was over and he was barely getting started. That's the story of the burning bush. I think it's exciting.